0: is from Acts 20, starting at verse 25 to verse 31, and can be found on page 1117 in the Church Bibles. Now I know that none of you, among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom, will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you, night and day, with tears. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Rita. Although I want my money back because uh, I didn't uh, want to read the whole of the passage, if I may. So let's carry on reading that lovely Flemish accent we're going to miss verse 32 now I commit you to God and the word of his grace which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified I've not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing you yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions in everything I did I showed you that by this kind of hard work we must help the weak remembering the words of the lord jesus christ himself said it's more blessed to give than to receive when he said this he knelt down with them and prayed they all wept and embraced him and they kissed him what grieved them most was the statement that they would never see his face again and they accompanied him to the ship now my friends there's no ship outside here today and these are the words of the apostle paul and what we're doing uh, this uh, for two weeks, and this is the second of two there, is listening to the uh, farewell words of Paul to the Ephesian elders. And today it's a gentle and a firm warning that we're going to hear. Thank you so much for that prayer a moment ago, Chris. Sometimes we pray for things and we forget. And we often forget to return thanks uh, when the Lord gives a mighty answer. And yes, Last week, the Archbishop of Canterbury spoke to a fifth, we hear a fifth of the world's population, I think 4.5 billion people. And uh, he spoke of the object of the faith, and as Chris said, and prayed for the resurrection and the life of Jesus Christ, which alone can bring us hope in death. So we appreciate you, Archbishop. I think I'll drop him a line this week. Can I do that on our behalf? And also then to thank and praise almighty god father we thank you for that word we're sure that people will turn to you because of that word we pray today that we too would turn afresh and hear your voice and we ask that you would encourage us now in jesus name amen last week there was a kind of um, a verse this has come up it comes up last week there was a verse which we looked at, verse 32. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance amongst all those who are sanctified. God's word builds us up. That's the point of today. It's the point of being here this morning. I'm not sure we can go anywhere else for such encouragement. It gives a divine perspective on our Church and on our lives as followers of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the matter in hand are the men who are set aside to be our leaders. And as Ian has said, um, uh, we have his ordination service tonight at Vaughan Road. I hope you'll be there, and we'll pray for those who will serve alongside our new senior minister, Gareth Lowe, and the team around him. in our passage. Church leaders are called three names. Let's not get worked up about them. They are effectively interchangeable. If you look there in your, your passage there, he's addressing and speaking to the elders, verse 17. Uh, we get, It's the word presbyteros, where we get the word Presbyterian from, um, where church is governed and led by elders and directed by them. Verse 28, first verse there, overseers is the word that's used, which is the word that uh, is episcopal, Episkopos, really, uh, to do with bishops, where a bishop oversees a group of parishes or diocese. Verse 28, the second part there, you have the word shepherd. Now, we're much more familiar with that, are we not? That beautiful analogy throughout Scripture that we are the flock of God. Jesus is, of course, the good shepherd, with under-shepherds in this church on the ground of a caring, feeding, guiding, and guarding now let me ask you i'm sorry to embarrass you if you're an elder of this church or you're going to be an elder of the new church we're planting could you just stand up from us for a moment so we can see you so you can see there not to draw attention one or two are absent we won't mention simon anderson but uh, there you go but uh, thank you brothers do sit down we should thank god for these men can we talk about this for a moment this morning folks Paul is addressing the elders. Uh, It's serious stuff we have this morning. They have an awesome responsibility. It's a work to be approached with some gravitas. So it applies to them there, back in Ephesus. It certainly applies to leaders now. But folks, you are not going to be let out this morning. Everybody here is going to be addressed as we live our lives before almighty God. I simply want to break up the text in three ways today. First of all, we want to see a serious warning. Secondly, we want to see a gracious challenge. And then thirdly, a wonderful encouragement. First of all, in verse 29, we have a very serious warning. Listen to it, what he says. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you. Uh, Now, we don't appreciate sermons where there's a strong warning. It's all a bit serious. The pastor stops smiling. He raises his voice a bit. You know, um, it gets a bit heavy. But Paul is doing this warning for a reason. There... And here. So the question is, you see, are we listening? Verse 31 is an incredible verse. Can you see it there? For three years, he said, I did not stop warning you with tears. Serious stuff, folks. Why the warning? Well, you see, <coughs> there are wolves, of course, obviously out there. And verse 29, and here they come. They want to attack the flock and destroy the flock like the thief that Jesus speaks about in John's gospel there, who comes to kill and to steal and to destroy. Jesus, the good shepherd, reminds us of that. Now, wolves, my friends, are not indigenous to the UK, but Mr. Fox is indigenous. And last weekend, a fox terrorized our chickens. There was terrible noise early in the morning, and then at late at night... And, but they were safe, they, were, they couldn't get in. Three cheers for egg glues, by the way, if you're going to keep chickens, get yourself an egg glue, they're great. But the uh, fox nonetheless shredded the uh, cover of the hen house and chucked the watering cans around in, dis- in disgust that they couldn't get of, uh, to get to my uh, chickens. Part of the role of an elder is to protect the flock, to cover it over. We'll come back to that in a moment. But I've got to tell you a bit of a shock this morning, folks. Uh, You see it there uh, that uh, wolves are also to be found in here. Not just out there, but in here. Or at least they will come from the outside, but come into the church. Verse 30. Look at it very carefully. It's a warning. Even from your own number... Men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them, so be on your guard. (coughs) They are already here. Can you see them this morning? Are they sitting just next to you? Uh, The danger, of course, is that the wolf who's there uh, in sheep's clothing is that they just looked just like the sheep. That's the danger, (coughs) and they're so dangerous, and worse is that they're in leadership. Now, I don't want to get too technical with you. Paul's last writings, you see, uh, technically, you say, it was to to write the pastoral epistles 1 and 2 Timothy. To Timothy, a pastor, a pastor probably in his late 30s, living in Ephesus, Uh, and uh, there he was, this new young pastor. So it's got bang up to date, isn't it, for us? A faithful pastor in his late 30s we've got two of those, or three of them, if you call Phil, who's in his mid-30s. And he writes and says, in one Timothy chapter one, verse three, he mentions by name people who were leaders <coughs> who rejected Paul's teaching of the truth and then shipwrecked their faith. Have you ever seen a ship being wrecked? I have once? Incredible sights. He names them as Hymenaeus and Alexander. And Hymenaeus is mentioned a second time with a guy called Philetus who have wandered away from the truth. They're named, so they're known. And they, these men, destroyed the faith of some. They must have been significant players and no doubt leaders in the church there in Ephesus. Ephesus. We remember last week from that church, do we not, in Ephesus? What happened at the end? How they lost their first love. You'll read about it in the book of Revelation, chapter 2. How they've fallen from a great height and warned about the need to repent. And I have to tell you, folks, that the church in Ephesus did not fare well. There's no lampstand there today. The presence of God is not there, it's just a ruin. how can we apply these things to Christchurch Harpenden or to you when you go off to the new church in Luton how is it that some can move from poor teaching to bad teaching to wrong teaching which is destructive Well, first of all, my friends, we need pastors and elders who will not swerve from the truth. Would you pray for that for this church? That the good leaders we have will continue to make the tough call to really take care of the flock. And that's love. Real care, you see, is driven by truth and love hand in hand. And the elders need to be humbly resolute and clear on truth and make a stand with all around us. Our churches, which are caving in and listening to what the world says and just blindly following, you know? So they sound just like the world. And suddenly it's not poor teaching we hear, but wrong teaching, false teaching, which ultimately will wreck the lives of individuals. False teaching is dangerous you know someone who is, uh, perhaps you've got a family member they live in another part of the world or, and they tell you what they're hearing in their church you need to warn them it's dangerous this week at Keswick um, I was out to speak a couple of times at some churches there and I spoke at a lovely Anglican, the end of the, Anglican church, at the end of the service an, an old man who was very frail, he told me he was in his mid 90's and he was shaking. Uh, when you're in your late 90s, mid 90s, you know, when you're upset about things, and in a real state, you you worry about them, don't you? i worry worried about this man. He told me that his beloved church, of over 60 years, has embraced in its denomination a decision to not merely sanction, but to promote same-sex marriage. That's the story he told me. He was crying. It is so difficult to hear he remonstrated with the local committee he was on the local committee even though he was in his 90s he's in no retirement uh, and he was shouted down he wrote to the headquarters and he said to me I think I have to leave this church and all my friends I said "Well, you can be salt and light he said no no he said how can I be unfaithful how can I be unfaithful So the question for us is how will we fare at the pinch point when the precious flock are hearing from out there and some of us are listening to what's been said out there because I've talked to you. You're listening to what's out there and when it comes in here and you're listening to it and it's wrong. Now, my elder brothers, to my precious... Brother Gareth, the new pastor, would you be a good shepherd? And listen and look to the good shepherds, his voice, his words. I've worked out uh, this past week that I've attended in this church uh, scheduled and unscheduled four hundred elders' meetings. Uh, over the past 30 years. I should, you should all burst into a round of applause there. Really. <laughs> no, don't, don't, uh, you know, that, um, I remember my kids when they were little, they said, Dad, Dad you're going out tonight? Yeah, going, well, got, I've got an elders meeting, 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 meeting. <laughs> That's what we think it is, isn't it, really? The elders are having a meeting. It can seem like that. But folks, when the elders gather and meet and talk, it's really about verse 28, isn't it? Verse 28, keep watch over yourselves in the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. What a lovely, lovely verse that is. You know, uh, remember the good shepherd. He laid down his life for the flock. And if we hold to the truth and see it worked out, we will pay careful attention like jesus did to this precious wonderful flock because that's what you are well i hope you're part of the flock i hope you're on the team i hope you're in christ today the flock is attacked and it's the elders who have to stand up and defend the flock care for the flock now looks we're a big church okay there are, on the books, over five, five to six hundred people who could be here uh, this morning. Is about two hundred, perhaps three hundred altogether, with the kids. Often people are away doing this, that, and the other. Some are at u- university, etc. There, a big church, and not many shepherds. But we should all long for, as far as is possible, that we will all know at least one elder in particular. And the elders will care about each member and those that they know. And the elders will want to know them. Not so much gossip or your business or private matters, but rather, in truth, to care for you and to love you. And a biblical example of that is, well, three verses. Let me give you there. Psalm 23, remember how the shepherd leads, guides, and provides. In Isaiah 40, with shepherds, we're told, Cares and carries the lambs in his arms. Psalm 2, we read there that the king is a shepherd, and in him we find complete refuge. So the shepherd in the ancient world was there, he was not sleeping, he is keeping watch, providing for the flock, leading, warning, guiding, and it's for to be the same for us. And if people do fall through the cracks in a church like ours, And are missed, it's not because we're missed by us, but rather they want to step into the cracks and they want to keep away. Down the years, the elders will take the initiative. Gareth Lowe will take an initiative. He will bring you names to replace elders who retire, or new people to enhance the group. You'll be asked by our new minister to vote for people who are nominated. My brothers and sisters, follow his lead. Okay? He's not perfect, but he's the pastor. Follow his lead. Follow the elders' lead. As we grow, more people will be called upon to make the, uh, the, you know, what I call the dreaded vote. You know, when we have to vote. The dreaded vote happens, doesn't it really? Um, follow the lead of the elders. Well, I don't know him. Uh, I'm going to abstain. The elders are promoting him, unanimously, as they always do. Get behind the elders as they lead. Recognize their ministry and service. Play your part. So a serious warning. Now, secondly, a tough challenge. And that's verse 28. Well, really just the first four words of verse 28. Keep Watch over yourselves. That's to the elders, of course. First of all, keep watch over yourself, Mr. Elder. Keep watch over yourself. It was a lovely surprise last Sunday morning. Uh, came into church, my my great friends from Australia, Simon and Kathy Manchester. I worked with him. Uh, he's on his way to Canada to speak at conferences. And in the UK, you he here for a week. He was just visiting old friends, particularly friends at the church we worked at together in London. And he said, We went to see Abigail. You went to see Abigail. How, how's Abigail? Fine. Great. Abigail's great. I said, Yeah, Abigail, Abigail. Yeah, what, about, what about Brian? You know? Oh, Brian left Abigail two years ago. When I worked at that church with him all those years ago, Brian and Abigail were. They're the stars of the church. I mean, you've got stars in this church, haven't we, really, you know? People look around this one, they're the stars, the stars. They're the leaders, natural leaders. He on committees, she ran this work, she ran that ministry. He was one that we immediately consulted. Where where are we going to go? Oh, yes. There he is. I need to consult him. When the church was blown up by the IRA, he was at the heart of the rebuild scheme. She is absolutely delightful. She, they're a godly couple. You know, They don't have elders in that church, but he would have been an elder. Loved by all. What happened? What went wrong? It was a bit of a shock. Well, keep watch over yourself. It happened there in Ephesus. It happened in the past. There's nothing in Ephesus today except ruins. Therefore, we learn from what happened then. Keep watch over yourself. Let me ask you this question. Is that a word to any man or woman here this morning? That there's something that you need to deal with in your life. Find one of the elders... Pray with them. Watch over your life. You see, I mean, the question is, you see, folks, this morning is this. You know, when that verse comes to us, keep watch over yourself, it's a bit of a challenge, really. It's a strong challenge, a tough challenge. I'm sitting down thinking about all the wonderful men and women that worked with me over the years. And uh, one of my colleagues in the past often was humble He's a humble guy, gracious, but he often challenged. He was a little outspoken. He was tougher than me. Do you know what? When he challenged people, people hated it. I think, on reflection about that man, he was just simply being a jolly good leader. Sometimes there's no, it's no time for spa days. There's the call for continual faithfulness. A pastor used to care for me when I was uh, living in Cheam in Surrey in a church there. I used to go and see him. And he used to sit down and he said, to me, let's do the nine G's, Gareth. The nine G's. The nine G's. The nine G's. Yes, the nine G's. Let me ask you about these, your attitude to the following things, all beginning with the letter G. How are you getting on with these things as a pastor? How are you handling glory? Do you like a bit of Glory. How are you getting on with gold? Looking after money, looking for money? How about your attitude to the goggle box? Or to grog? I felt very uh, self-righteous then, grog, because I'm teetotal, you know. Then he said, how about girth? I didn't feel so comfortable. What are you laughing at? How about your attitude to girls? This church is full of beautiful women, do you know that? It's full of them, and can I tell you who you are? It's every girl here, in different ways. Young and pretty and attractive, and what's my attitude towards them? All our attitudes towards them, very searching. How about grumbling? You grumble. How about godliness? The last G, going to bed too late. How are you on that front there? Now, you may smile, but I find them very searching because as church leaders, we occupy a very important role. Watch over yourself. But let's widen it a bit to the whole church, shall we, really? Leaders and all of us. Keep watch over yourself. Who do you socialize with? What's your attitude towards the opposite sex? Do you drink too much? How's your personal devotion and prayer life? How's your marriage? Are you spending enough time with your wife or your husband? You know, together. I mean, yeah, I'm talking about sex, yeah. I hope you're caring for each other, meeting each other's needs. Or perhaps you're spending too much time internet browsing, Netflix watching, We're a bit more angry these days. Our discipline is out of the window. Is there something seriously wrong? Any sin is serious, folks. But when it occurs amongst the elders, it is deadly. There's a new behavior because there's a new belief. There's a new belief and that always leads to a new behavior. And we can be soft towards sin and the big issue of the day for us is of course this question of human sexuality about the redefinition of marriage about the confusion it's crept into many of the denominations and christian people are looking for leadership today in the face of confusion and attacks that are coming when there's the strong urge There's such a strong urge when you're a leader to be a people pleaser. I just want to, you know, I just want to please her. I want to smile. I want to be happy. You know, I don't 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 want an email from you this week again. People pleasing uh, and wobbling when it comes to truth, wobbling, you know. I'm not calling for the elders to be heavy handed or overbearing, but with love and kindness so clearly seen in Paul that we will emulate him Christians are looking today for a settled conviction of leaders not least about the Bible so therefore leaders need to understand and study the issues of the day and have conviction Uh, we need to be Ikea Christians don't we Ikea Christians are you an Ikea Christian when I go to Ikea and buy stuff there and I You know, you you follow the instructions, it it works. Trust me. It's when we don't follow the instructions that it all falls apart. But let me assure you today about the elders continuing and the pastors continuing. They're fine guides. They're Bible men. Pray for them as they pray for you. Do you know, once, once a month, One of the elders, I won't mention Nick uh, Nick, uh, Jelfs by name, uh, but he he contacts you, he's contacted you. He said, Can I have some of your prayer requests? And then he leads us at the beginning of our meetings once a month and prays for you by name. It's amazing. But you keep watch over yourself. And in the words of that wonderful verse, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13. Be, it says, Be men of courage, be people of courage. Well, a serious warning, a tough challenge, and then, thirdly and lastly, wonderful encouragement. Last week we touched upon that verse 32, a ministry that lasts this life and into the future. Verse 32, that's what it's all about there. And Paul speaks about his role in that context of being careful and caring, and as an example. He's a wonderful example. Verse 35. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work we must help the weak, etc., etc. He was careful how he lived before these wonderful people. And he was caring by serving, teaching, and acting so clearly as that shepherd leader. Not in it from money or prestige, committed to the task in hand, giving them of himself. Emulating the words of the Lord Jesus Christ is more blessed to give than to receive. So let me earth this, leaders and all of us, let us be burden bearers as Paul was. He helped the weak. He shared their load. So as we lead, we need to draw alongside to find ourselves carrying more of the load of our brothers and sisters we need to give as leaders yes a little more time a little less sleep a little more if we have we can do this all of us can do this but especially the elders be a burden bearer when you look at church life you see there are kind of often the two kinds of people aren't there in church life there are radiators and drains in church life some people they radiate they're wonderful such a joy to be with them. Other people you talk to them, they just, you know, they dra- drain. drains. Every time I see it, it pulls me down. Well, whoever it is, my friends, we need to be burden bearers. Secondly, I think this is what we see very clearly with Paul. He connects with kindness, connects with kindness. So he meets needs, verse 34. Just like Jesus, who not only said... It's more blessed to give than to receive, but did it. This week I read a little bit more about the Queen. How she connected with people. Gave her full attention. Genuine interest and generous. She sought to connect. Kindness is about connecting. It involves, listen to this folks, it involves seeing people, noticing them. Paying attention to them at the end of the meeting, for example. Asking the questions, uh, you know, or discovering, what's it like to be you right now? And then to say to myself, no matter who we are, leaders or not, what can I do now to make a difference to them? We read at the end about Paul. Paul spends his entire life crying with the Ephesians, doesn't he really? Why does he cry? Why do they cry when he says he's going? Well, he was going, and they're never going to see his face again. But you see, what mattered to Paul, what mattered to the people there is that they were appreciated. So Paul was alert. He was ready to connect. Clearly there in these verses. He loved them. That's why they wept. Now, my friends, as you look around this morning... And just scan, you know, when you get up in a minute, the end of church, scan the congregation there. Not everybody here this morning is cooking with gas. Not everybody here is flying high, are they? Some of us here, we've got big burdens in our hearts. Some of us are a bit fragile. Some of us are a bit broken. That's why we need each other's kindness. And every day is an opportunity for us to become more like Jesus. Jesus. It's why we were chosen and called. And we need kindness, which actually needs to be spirit empowered. It doesn't have to be the grand gesture, but time and a word or something tangible that says this I see you. Connect with kindness. And then so we're talking about encouragement, we're talking about bearing burdens, connecting with kindness. Thirdly and lastly, about verse 32 about building up. We're listening to Paul today, who's pointing us to Jesus. We're not looking anywhere else. And Paul says effectively to the people he's speaking to, let me me give you a bit of advice. Says Paul, here's my parting shot, says the apostle. Before I go, I'll never see you again. Do you know what I want to tell you this? Stick with the word. Stick with the word. Leaders of God's family, get this right. The word of God will build up not just for now but forever in the big picture of church life. Gospel priorities are teaching folk to turn to Christ and living the life of faith. Only God's word can build. The word proclaimed up front, then house to house, in the enduring power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in the little details as well as the big picture. I remember in my last job there was a wonderful couple called the Howards, Tony and Pam Howard. When Pam was a student in London, she told me she was part of a church in Central London called Westminster Chapel. The minister there was Martin Lloyd Jones, a very famous man there. She said how she would arrive in good time uh, and with her friends at the tube station, and then the church was about four or five hundred yards away. She said we would run, run to church in order to get the best seats so we wouldn't miss out. That's a great attitude, isn't it, really? A church and a people committed to the Bible, a congregation hungering and longing to hear. That's the big picture, but then finally this. The word builds up, not just for now, but also in the small picture of church life. Children grow up quickly. Quickly. I've seen it over 30 years. I remember uh, being with a woman. I was talking to you about it this week. Uh, 20 years ago, she had a little baby. She we were in the same home group. I remember her coming in. and We had a good laugh about that this week. Uh, but then suddenly, the girl is off to university. Amazing how quickly it happens. And if we are committed to expose our children week by week to the word of God, and this coupled by our priorities when they do head off to university the word of god torture will stick that's verse 32 the world will bring them home in the ultimate sense of sharing this inheritance they sit with you now when they're young here they are some are sitting here with us now it's great to see them they how we love to see them there few churches have our privilege folks of seeing children here they are being taught the word, then we can have some expectancy that in the future when they return to visit us here in Harpenden, they'll be coming from their own churches with their own little children who are sitting with them in church. Nothing is more important. It's so so good to see. The Spirit of God, pray now, the Spirit of God will be moving in their hearts right now. In Sunday school or here sitting in church whichever is your propensity and desire nothing is more important than our children hearing the gospel in the small picture of church life now my friends who is able to do such a task it's hard parenting we cannot do everything but if we play our parts as mums and dads and our families if we shepherd in this way, when they say we don't want to come, we say, no, we're coming as a family. We're going to be there together. If you keep on working with them in that regard, the word will be at work and we'll see them head off into their futures with the inheritance that through God's grace we will surely share with them. A serious warning, a tough challenge, a wonderful encouragement. What great words to finish with from the Apostle. May we know them in Jesus' name.